I can't really change who I am, and who I am is just incredibly popular with people. That's that seems to be the case, according to you. <laughs> according to yourself, a hundred percent of Croftons I've spoken to agree with this. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast. My name is Crofton Steers. I'm one of your three hosts of this fantastic auditory voyage. I am, uh, I guess, the method man of this podcast. With me, as always, is the ghost face killer of this podcast. I'm talking about Mike Hotchins. Oh, Michael, sweet. Welcome. I got ghost face killer. I don't really know who that is, but it sounds but, cool. Well, let's just put it this way. If you're ghost face killer, then that means that Bo Schwartz is our old dirty bastard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Step to the Brooklyn Zoo. Booting <laughs> forever. Uh, so, yeah, boy, yeah. what's up, God? How you going, Bong Bong? See, I I have to be careful with these sort of pop culture intros because Bo will definitely role play whatever I give him. Damn. I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to really think long and hard next time about what I give you, him. Let me you, tell you how you, funky I am. I'm so funky, my drawers is dirty, and I wore them shits three weeks in a row. They dirty, man, but I'm old dirty bastard. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll role play, and I'll not understand what we're talking about. So. Yeah, every time, every time. Never failed. How you gents doing? Doing, doing good, son. Word is born, God. Oh, is this going to be the whole show? Well, I mean, whatever. I guess. <laughs> Man, you're really not doing justice to Ghostface Killer. He's definitely not <laughs> the wet blanket of the Wu Tang Clan. For a while, and it would be, you know, a, quite a breaking of his, of you know, stereotypical rap style. True. Good matter bullshit. Breaking stereotypes in the rap game since two thousand one. <laughs> oh. You should you should be method man. You're bringing method to this madness. Method acting, I guess. Um, so, it's- gents, I have news. I started a new job this week. Um, my first new job in six years, if you will. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's quite interesting. It's like meeting new people. Uh, you, you're thrown out of your comfort zone a bit, so I've been I've been enjoying it. Uh, but one thing that I thought was interesting, and this is for uh, people at home, and I know that people do this more and more now, but it was my first experience being on the receiving end of it. Was my my colleagues searched me up on Facebook before I started, so they they like read up on me, and I thought you know. My pri- I don't know. I thought my privacy settings would be such that they wouldn't be able to see. They, they could just befriend me. But for whatever reason, they could see anything that I did that other people shared or that was – or that if it was a message from somebody else to me, like not a direct message but somebody tagging me in their status. I don't know why it was, but they could see all those messages. So it made for quite a selection of things. Um, that they had read up on me uh, before I started, including during the Canadian election, I wrote a big write-up on Star Wars, making the election sound like it was a uh, Star Wars-themed event. That was good. I remember that thing. It was yeah. clever. Well, yeah, yeah, well, anyway, they, they first impression. So I would tell everybody uh, to check their privacy settings in Facebook. Also, it is interesting because my brother runs the a bungee jump where they hire young staff often, and the first thing he'll do is search them up in Facebook. And I always thought that was kind of a clever idea, but it had never been sort of reversed on me, and now I feel strangely violated by yeah, it. I actually need to like speak up a little bit here, because Mike will rightly point out soon enough that we don't have very many listeners, but actually, <laughs> um, and because it's internal, the rules may be different for you, but certainly you can't be looking people up and profiling. Like, you can't come out and acknowledge that you do that because part of the you know there is a when you hire people you're not supposed to be like discriminating against them and that kind of thing so it's like well, see, yeah there, this is it wasn't the manager where, that did it it was the colleagues well why do they know that information like but why are they what we mean they're not supposed to look it up facebook's well, like essentially once the decisions public... made it's probably not an issue i guess so like it probably doesn't apply in crofton's place it got my back but, up a little bit because 
people do this. Crofton's right. It's just, it's like yeah. you don't want to admit to be doing it because it's not. I don't think there's anything frowned upon at the very least. But that's the whole thing is is you put you know Facebook is sort of a quasi public sphere and you can set your privacy settings to whatever you want. But if some stuff becomes public, anyone can search it, and that's you've chosen to put it out there. That's yeah, the whole. You're that's the whole spiel. So you here. shouldn't be like, oh, people shouldn't look that up. Like, that's well, no, enough. but you're victim blaming. Like, you know, responsible corporate business citizens have a you know responsibility to. I think it's the exact behave opposite. themselves accordingly, and I think it's the exact opposite. It's that it's that these days, you know, the well, the wisdom I've always heard is watch what you put on social media because your employers will be looking at it. That's they will true, be judging too. you by it. There's culpability. And- on both sides but but here's here i got a story about this and i'll i won't name any names because it's not a good story but a friend of a friend of mine who um was in was in trouble at a job was it bo no uh was in trouble at a job and it was and it was a job and they were potentially going to lose lose their job over something i'm going to keep it vague and uh and um the globe and mail did an article on it because it was it was that uh, sort of high profile and the Facebook picture of the person was them chugging a beer and that ran in the Globe and Mail. So this person who was on this kind of like going through this tribunal thing had chosen to put a them chugging a beer picture on their front Facebook page and that ran in the newspaper because they just searched Facebook and that's what they found. I'm like, it looked so bad and it was just inadvertent, but I remember feeling really bad for the person thinking like, oh, that, that really sucks that it happened to be that good weekend photo of the beer uh, amongst this like, anyways. So yeah, watch what you put on Facebook. True. But true. Yeah. definitely true to watch what you put on Facebook. But I do also what Bo's saying here, especially if they had if they had not hired me based on, you know, like I, I'm a fairly responsible Facebookian. But uh, but if if they had looked and, and said like, oh, that me- meme he shared is not to my taste or whatever, uh, we're not going to hire him. I know I get like I guess in some cases, especially private corporations, it'd be their prerogative. But like I don't like it, and I felt felt kind of felt like they shouldn't have been able to do that. And I guess I thought Facebook's default privacy settings were higher than they are, which which is like I mean they, they I, I saw I, I asked somebody to search on their work computer my profile to see what they would see, and they saw a lot more than I thought that they would see. So I guess, like, caution to those of you who think Facebook is protecting you is not. Yeah, like, my assumption, it's always the exact opposite, is that Facebook is a public sphere, and assume it's public if you put it there. Like, like, I I don't know, that would be my default. Yeah, man, you uh, you know, listen, you got to skate them jakes when you're getting ready to do them jokes, God. That's... That's, I guess that means we're ready for a random topic. That's word from the streets, you know. Street, street knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah. Isn't that what that I? That could have been super derogatory. I have no idea. Well, what yeah. I said was, uh, I'm not doing a lesson. Look it up if you want to know what I just said. <laughs> All well, right. I'm proved, not going to do we've that. Proved we're very white. Yes. I'm very white, except when I'm covered with soot from the random topic generator. You're that do- was a segue. Yeah, you're you're doing the EXM thing, where it's my job on this one to be like, Mike, what are you doing? For, waiting for? Pull the pull the thing. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, and allude that it's like he's pulling it. You know. <laughs> now, now you talk. You always talk over the the thing. Screw Bye. you, Facebook. <laughs> uh, Take Zuckerberg. Listen to Kanye West. Um, the topic today is. Consumerism. Ah, consumerism. I feel like I always talk about this on the show in other I, contexts. I can almost hear your erection from here. <laughs> erection. Erections <laughs> are about things that you, well, or people that excite attracted you? When, to. When this topic came out, you got excited. <laughs> I, can, I, got, I, I can feel it. I'm like, it's like oh, boy. Oh, consumerism. Because you have talked about this. Well, that, but this it's just anything, when I thought I was feel, like, or I feel like I've said a lot about that already. What am I going to say? I'll start with an with an with an anecdote about consumer here. I'll start with a quote from a seventeenth me... century philosopher. Okay, so my so my dad, who who both who you guys both know, and is sort of an eccentric, quirky fellow who is obsessed with um technology. Though he's an older guy, he's about seventy now and he has a anyways, he, he always wants the latest like gadget. He's got like iPhone and iPad and like 
fancy computer. And he's a, so anyways, he just bought a new iPhone. And he had an iPhone, like one about the same as mine, and it seemed fine. And he was like, he's like, I gotta get this new iPhone 6S. And I'm like, why? Why do you want this thing? And he's what just like, it? I just want to have it. It's got a good camera. I'm like, but your phone does everything. And uh, anyways, he went and paid thirteen hundred dollars for this thing. He bought it outright. When and then I looked at it, I'm like, it looks like an iPhone. Like I understand it has a better camera or something. Uh, and he was just like, oh, I have to have it. I have to have. It. And I was making this joke to him that he was like, there's this like you know this old sort of uh what about salesmen that they could sell ice to inuit or so or if that's i'm like dad you'd be that guy who'd be who, who'd be like oh this ice it's better than the ice i have here it's clearer the guy told me it was better and he would buy it just for the sake of it he, he's an example of someone who is addicted to buying things which i think I'm, many I'm of us are what the previous something. iphone model was he had an a 5c oh it's not a big jump but anyone who's a uh, who's got the same kind of boner as you for a- a consumerism as they do for Apple products, that would be worth, I think. But no, your dad. Just to clarify, he's not a technophile or an IT professional or, or a geek by any stretch. He just likes the gadget. Like he's more on consum- retail consumer level. Yeah, like he fits user. the bill of a consumer. Like pretty much on a, a note, and I always give him a hard time, and so does my brother. Pretty much, and he doesn't have a lot of money, which is the other thing. Every probably three to four months. He has to be purchasing something that costs over a thousand dollars, and it's almost like you can almost set your watch to it. And like, and and I always tell him, I'm like, you're just getting it's like the dopamine rush, you know? You get the new thing, you're super excited, you're like, oh, I'm gonna be good. And then three, four months later, he's like, I'm buying a new whatever it is, and it's a couple thousand dollars, and it just doesn't end. And you know, so and, just just uh, that uh, just extrapolating from that dopamine rush, which I feel we use for a lot of th- uh, a term we use for a lot of things, but maybe apt here because um, I don't like to shop. Like generally anything, even things that I I like, I don't like going out and shopping. I like having them and all this. But I will admit to. Uh, you know, when I get something, be it through a gift or a purchase or whatever, that something um, that's in my wheelhouse that I've been looking forward to but haven't bought because maybe it's too expensive or, or maybe I just had, had been putting it off. I, I I have like positive feelings of some sort. You know, like I'm, I feel like, oh man, I, I'm super glad I got this. I'll give you an example, video games. Like I have a really hard time buying them full price. Uh, so uh, I'll often like put off, and then there'll be these big games. And then when I, when I buy a big game um, that I've wanted to play and all this, and I get it, I'm, there's like even before I've played it or whatever, there's like I I know I, I'm having some sort of like re- endorphins being released or some sort of in- excitement. So I guess my question is, what is it about consuming? stuff that makes people want to do it for the sake of doing it is there like do does anyone know if there's any medical research to this like not not the the actual enjoyment of the thing you purchased but the act of purchasing it or the act of receiving it or whatever why is that so uh like why is your dad for instance it addicted to that because he doesn't seem to be addicted to the items themselves it's really the yeah, act of they'll, purchasing they'll, they'll fall out of favor with him and 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 i also speak uh, you know from experience because i you know purchase i'm not some frugal person who never buys anything i purchase many things that i've looked forward to getting and when i get them you get that like pang of excitement you know you get something new and you you like it it feels good and i'm like in in my mind i'm like it's I you know I've heard the dopamine thing referred to before. I couldn't cite any particular study, but just from my own personal experience, I feel like I feel that. Like I have felt that many times uh, when you get excited about something, and you get it, and you're like, ooh, and it's like I, I don't know. I don't know what exactly the reason for it is, and and just you know I don't have the answers for that. But well, just because I mean, your, well, your question, Crofton was like because when you were talking, although you sort of. You sort of came around to it. it was just like you don't have to be a shopper to to feel this sense of of accomplishment basic basically when you're spending money that money was likely acquired through some sort of work like especially if you're a working person maybe if you're a businessman who just does you know just shits money i don't know what that feels like probably the same because you still feel like you earned it but or that, you need to make a bigger purchase to get that sensation you, yeah like you have you have, through your actions, attained 
the medium through which to get access to things that you need for your life. And some of it's conspicuous. So you buy it. So your new suit, everyone's going to see you in your new suit and it's going to be amazing. Or it's just for personal enjoyment and satisfaction. And it's ranges from small things to big things. I think what Mike's talking about is that there's like a price point where it feels like a significant acquirement of an item to improve life, you know, and I think, I think that price point changes depending on how much money you make and and what you're, you know, um, there might be people that, that buy substantial, like Mike Mike gave the example of every three months, a thousand dollar plus purchase. It could be, you know, some people might have to buy, spend like a thousand dollars on something every week and they have the money to afford it. And a big purchase for them is multiple, multiple thousand dollars. There could be some people that it's like 50 bucks or 60 bucks. They just need to constantly be spending that on like something, something frivolous. And by frivolous, I mean something that, that is not like necessary, say food or, or, or heating or whatever. Um, I I found like for me I and, and this could be a misconception, but it it when I buy something or when I get something new, um, there's a moment where I you have this item and it's almost like it's not like that the possibilities play in your brain, but but you you don't know any limits, you only know opportunity associated to that item. So in the case of the iPhone, you get this new iPhone, you've read about the new features and all this sort of thing, and you just think like there's all it is 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 good and op- opportunity, being able to do things that you weren't able to do before. And that could be a pair of shoes that are like, okay, now I have the, these shoes are, are 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 better shoes or or the I'm, they're going to look better. I'm going to look better than I ever did before. And then, then like reality catches up to you at one point. And you, you will enjoy some of these things, but maybe some of them you'll enjoy them less. Maybe some of them will get worn, whatever. But for that, for that blissful moment, right after you bought the thing, there, all there is is opportunity. And to me, I, th- I think that that's one of the reasons that people get addicted to that sensation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it is. And well, think of uh, this, but like, even not even the big purchases, but who remembers when coffee costs like dirt? Like it feels like a long time ago, but you know there was a point where Starbucks was a new thing. Paying two bucks for a coffee was insane. Now it's just accepted practice. Um, but the deal with Starbucks and these boutique style coffee shops is that I think they also play into that consumeristic impulse where you get the nice packaging. You get to feel like you identify with a brand or a culture, and you communicate that with the symbols on the item that you purchased. I mean, it's no coincidence that any store you walk into, especially the boutiques, have nice bags and have this sort of additional value beyond the, like, I bought a shirt, but you bought a shirt from Louis Vuitton means something than just a shirt from Walmart, you know? And so, like, I feel like, I feel like we're, the increased amount of consumerism is also reflected in the small purchases in our daily lives. Like all the little things that we get, you know, we don't get uh, a chocolate bar and a zip, you know, in a Ziploc bag. And just like, here you go. Like we get them in packaging, like part of, part of this, these small, there's, there's these small hits and there's the big hits. I think it's pervasive throughout any adult price point. It, it is. And, and back to my dad who, who goes on both of those, he, he also like, you know, sh- shops for little trinkety things pretty much constantly. He's always acquiring some new little thing. I'll see him and he'll be like, oh, Michael, look at this little light I got. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have 25 flashlights, but sure. And and, and so on. But what, interesting, but his argument back, so I'll have these conversations with him and be like, Dad, why are you buying all this stuff? You know, this money, blah, 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 blah. And then he'll, and then he'll say, you know, something to the to the extent of like, well, Michael, like I'm getting older, like I, I have some money, I like the thing, it makes me happy to buy it. What's the problem? And and then you know, I'm like, I don't, you know, I, I have my long list of, of of answers, but generally, I'm like, well, it makes him it makes him happy. I see that it. list; it's really long. <laughs> well, no, I'm starting with I'm starting from here though to be like, yeah. makes him happy. He likes it. Uh, he still, you know, he still has food to eat, and the bills are paid. So, what's the problem? You know. Well, the, the, I guess the problem is, is if if he doesn't actually like it, 
but but it's the act of buying it that he's addicted to, you know, uh, or that that's the feeling that he craves and all this. And uh, then I, I think you could go deeper into ter- determining where that desire comes from because I, um, there you know there may be there may be a reason for it if it's because he desperately wants the thing like people will joke because I'll have all three video game consoles of a generation. I don't right now, but like last generation, I had all of them, right? And the big joke is like, you cannot play all of them at the same time. You can only play one. So why own three, right? And um, and and this, it's my main hobby, my main, one of my main interests, and I have the money to be able to afford to buy it. But whenever I would buy a video game console, again, getting back to my opportunity thing, I would think about all the games that are unique to that console that I can now play. Like I don't, I don't know anything about them except what I've read. I don't know what the experience is. But like, so I'm I'm anticipating the use I'm going to get out of the thing. So that's that's what what the consumerism trigger in my brain. I want to buy more to give me more experiences. But I get the sense with your dad or the example you're using with your dad is that he wants to buy more for the experience of buying you know like like he wants it's that like oh man and and maybe maybe i don't know maybe the status of having the latest and greatest of something i'm not necessarily sure if that's the case yeah i mean that's part of it with him and not just to pick on him i mean he's of a particular bent he's into like he likes the tech stuff or whatever but i mean it's well like I'm just speaking from anecdotally, there's one. That's one person in my life who who likes to buy things, and another one. I think my my brother's girlfriend, um, who he's been dating for not that long, but I asked him one time, like, what? So what's she into? He's like, oh, she likes to go shopping, and I was like. Like There's a girl at my new job who, when I asked her what her main hobby was, she said shopping. Yeah, and that and that like boggles my mind. I'm like shopping. Like, how can that even be a hobby? Like, I see shopping as a means to an end to achieve a hobby. <laughs> You're like, like I like, I don't know. I like, like you said, running. I really like to run. I'm gonna go shopping to get new shoes to enable my hobby. It, the fact that so many people and there's lots of them that the hobby itself is shopping is insane to me. Uh, but you know, people, people like it. They like going to the mall. They like getting the thing. I think that's, it's similar because if you have a hobby, you have a sense of accomplishment by, by doing things. And I think shopping probably provides a similar feeling and you might look, you know, you might look at them and say, well, yours is stupid. And, you know, but I think, I think there's a, there's a legitimate activity to going out and purchasing things. Crofton talk about, I only buy things on sale. That's the hunt. There's nothing better than the thrill of the hunt. You don't want to get suckered. You want to get that good deal. That's part of the thrill of the kill is getting that good deal. That people brag all the time. I have a coworker who's just like, man, I got this sweet car. It's $2,000. This other car, it was more. And then I talked to this guy, and like you hear the whole story of the hunt, how the hunt went. And then boom. And now so there's this additional enjoyment out of the purchase because you know you get to relive that with people who care, I guess. I really don't find those stories too engaging, but you know, I'm a nice guy. Um, Yeah. When they say shopping is a hobby, and I sort of agree with Bo there because shopping does take a lot of time. Like that's one of the reasons I hate it. It takes a lot of time. And when they say people who identify as shopping as a hobby, they're not saying it, but what they mean is clothes shopping. They don't. They don't mean grocery shopping, and they don't mean pretty much any other kind of shopping. They mean shopping for clothes and accessories. I've like rarely met somebody who's shopping. like, "What do you like?" And you're like, "Oh, I, I'm a shopaholic." And then you're like, "Oh, really? You like shopping for electronics?" Why wouldn't they say fashion? But I mean, yeah, fair point. But, it's true. Consumer I, goods is what you're referring it, to. Like, in a way, they're more transparent. And like, if the truth is that they just like you know. Because shopping is the act. Fashion is like, you know, it's like uh, fashion is more is what they're buying I, or elements of fashion. But anyway, e- either or, um, it, it's something that people are interested in too. And that going to the sort of big picture uh, on consumerism, um, what kind of frustrates me is like I like having access to a bunch of stuff. I like tech stuff. I like that they're – Stuff is being pushed forward, uh, and there's new there's new uh, uh, products, TVs, even like ski gear, whatever. I like that this stuff exists, and they're developing new stuff. But 
at the same time, like, I get worried when I hear about, like, just the sheer necessity to keep the economy sort of growing, which is what everybody's always aspiring to. And then, and then you hear these, um, these stories about, like, businesses. Uh, and I think Mike or somebody mentioned it on a previous episode, the idea that they make their money, like 50% of their money in the Christmas season, uh, and they need to they need to get the shoppers out there because if they don't, a bunch of these businesses will go under. There's this expectation that a certain percentage of the population are going to be consumer consuming at any given time. And if everybody's like, oh, I don't need to consume this month – well, then stores can suddenly go bankrupt left and right, and like, like the economy that, falls apart. That, that's a scale thing too, because we're talking about millions and millions of consumers, and so there's aggregate data that just shows people's tendencies, and then they play to that. Right? But it's like, if you're looking to win, then you look at the data. What the data is telling you, you don't fight it and be like, "No, we want everyone here when they don't want to be here." You know, it's it's if if everybody was like me, the economy would be in shambles like but i think these everyone consume- is like you i think that's the secret right like nobody's no, like me it's it's I, that's not true i don't think sh- i don't think they're the world's full of predominantly shopaholics i think of all the people i know and most of them all say they hate shopping but they're all spending money they're but all, they're it, all see, buying things it, and you know feeling something have they're not none of us are immune to this it's yeah it's not it's not, sh- it. it's not like that a people tea bag in a consumer cup of tea it's not that people are all shopaholics it's that people are all consumeristic and it's like it's just it's the act of consuming is 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 the thing you know where it's like because at at base you don't really need what you need to consume is food you know mostly and you need to have like some amount of shelter and say clothing to protect you from the elements that's all you really need beyond that you're just consuming and that's the issue so it's not like it's not like shopping is – we're not getting down on shopping here. Uh, we're getting down on just on – on. it could be anything. But it could be books. It's, it's it could trade. Be like-, like, like to me, it's, it's, it's hinges on trade because I don't procure any of these personally. I have to go to the market and get these items. And when I get these items, there's the trash bin with the unceremonious things and then there's the fun alternatives. And there's lots of consumer products that aren't food. Like I get what you're saying about necessities, but even groceries – has the regular bananas and the super organic filled with vitamin C bananas and banana shakes and banana products. Like there are options for me there to spend additional money and feel better to feel a feeling about something as simple as a banana. But, but I mean, like, I, I think it really Crofton touched on, and I, I really think it's true that we've, we have structured our entire economy on mass consumption. And I think that that's pretty obvious and and, and and i mean when you look at it it's i think it's largely because like if you look at the breakdown of what people do now compared to what they did say in 1910 or something like that back then it was like most people worked on farms uh, or were craftsmen or in manufacturing and now most people work in services or like just more inane things like on it, it, it's just like so now people have moved away and it's like you just – in order to keep this churning machine of the economy going, you need to – people need to always be buying random stuff in order to prop up manufacturing, in order to prop up um, the service industry and it has to just keep churning. And if people all of a sudden were like, I'm going to just – I'm not going to buy anything. I'm going to try to you know grow my own food as much as I can and just buy the necessities at the grocery store, blah, blah. If everybody did that, you would see uh, – you know the economy would collapse and I, but I think the corollary, corollary, what's that word? Corollary, corollary. I think corollary to Depends that. If you're British, is, or not. British person is, might say different. Cor- you'd also corollary. see, and this is, what, this is why I think I get down on consumers. I think you'd also see massive declines in the amount of energy consumption, in the amount of CO two output, uh, in the the problems we're creating through climate change if people just stop consuming so much. I mean, we all need to consume a little. Everyone need, you all need to, We all need to consume something. I just think we have a culture of consumption which is much broader or bigger uh, than, it, than it certainly needs to be, and its only reason seems to be to prop itself up and to give everyone their little, their little hit, you know, because everyone, everyone feels it. You're little, oh, I got this thing. I like, ah, I feel good. Well, is, is, it, is it perhaps a social engineering aspect where, you know, people do need to feel validated? 
or you create unrest. Like, what if well, I, what if we go to the what if we do the suggestions you do, but magically the economy doesn't fall apart? We all save our money. The money retains value, and the markets don't collapse, and we're all using very little, and everyone's well, kind of miserable because yeah, there's the, no, nothing the fun left. Is, but see, you say people be miserable, but I think I think that that's the real the real thing. Not, I mean, they're not you, buying anything, right? But you know, but first of all, if you look at like stats and of depression rates and that sort of thing, those things are on the rise. You hear it all the time, and 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 largely what people are saying is because we have replaced traditionally what provided value in our lives, uh, which were things like family relationships, uh, work that was I don't know f- felt fulfilling perhaps. Uh, we've replaced those with with sort of consumer goods, you know, having uh, a nice car, having the latest this or that, or being up to date on the gadgets. Uh, and I think that we're drawing a lot of our fulfillment from things which are ultimately not fulfilling. Uh, and that really, you just always need the next one in order to keep it going. Whereas something like, you know, a good friendship or a, a strong family bond, it doesn't cost anything and it perpetuates itself, you know, yeah. provided it's not but toxic. It's kind of like a, a shitty comparison because we're comparing one point in time to another. Like, yes, at a point in time where consumerism was not a thing, standards of living were also like life was harsher. Like, it's just it's hard to, like, be like, oh, if we remove X, then we get what we had many years ago. But, like, but our standard of living is much higher. We're healthier. But, but, and, but don't fool yourself you know. that, that this that's, this whole culture has been manufactured. Like, it, it sure. specifically has been through pub, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, um... Public relations, basically, uh, is and marketing. Like it's a thing that is just like, how can we make people buy stuff? And it's like, if if you look at it, like it, it's a concerted effort by people who are like, we want people to buy things. We need to make them want it. And there are people who spent billions of dollars manufacturing need in people. Uh, and ultimately, it's so that they go out and buy the thing because I want your money. You know, it's like I have this thing and I want you to want it. I do think that's a bit of a cynical viewpoint, like in terms of uh, – Bo's right. Like, Are you calling about, me a cynic, Crofton? The good old days is, is are not always the good old days. And just to be like, oh, you know, back back in the Leave it to Beaver times, we all we were all, you know, sitting around the, the dinner table. But really, people were watching Leave it to Beaver on TV. Um, <laughs> Leave the, it to the, Beaver, ouch. Slam. The, the – the thing, the thing is, is that uh, I agree with Mike. Like they, they're trying to trying to sell you stuff. And the thing about consumerism is that you consume once. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is, you consume once. So if I if I buy a new TV, and it's like three thousand dollars or something like that, well, I buy it and I'm consuming at that moment in time. And even though. Every time I watch it, you might be like, oh, you're engaging in an act of consumerism. That's actually not true. You, you've consumed it the one time. And, uh, and so um, to, to, if, if you wanted to, to, to look back in rose-colored glasses at the, the good old days, you could say like electronics lasted way longer then. Now they almost want them to break down because you're going to then consume again and they're going to get you with the next hit. But what are the things that you're consuming? Like we've talked about some of them. Um, and generally, the things are either th- things that w- make you feel like you look better. So, like clothes, body products, I don't know, whatever. Um, things that give you an experience. So, those could be anything range- ranging from travel to like vehicles. Like Mike's brother's into boating. You know, that's an, he, you get an experience out of it. To, um, you could throw like video games and and stuff like Interior that, decorating. or going to a going to a movie into there, um, or or there's there's uh, so things that give you experience. There's what, what are other other reasons culture, like um, having the best car on the block, decorating your house, having you know there's people that go to Home Hardware, Canadian Tire every week, and they're just picking up crap to make their houses better, like new lights, See, new fence. Like right, that's, that's like those, all in, goes those, all in there. So there's two ways to look at that. One is to say like, oh, you know, you're keeping up with the Joneses, or you're trying to like, you know, impress the neighborhood. And the other is that like, wow, this new fence is going to be, you know, keep raccoons out. I don't know what the hell it's going to do. You can It'll always raise the there's property that, value. Every, raise the property value. That's what you hear all the time. That nice car that the guy buys, the high value car. That car is 
also an experience because you can drive around and have this great control and you really enjoy it. Maybe you convince yourself that's the reason you're buying the car. Mike's absolutely right, though. It, the main reason you're buying that car is because of marketing and that sort of thing. You, you could probably get it incrementally or below experience for not for way way less money right so th there is a definite marketing component but the reason people are consuming is because in the end they're satisfied with what they're consuming they're consuming something that is giving them some sort of positive experience i think about the things that i buy yeah i rail about smart my smartphones dying and all this sort of thing all the time but um, i do enjoy and get good use out of them and think that they're good products right like good innovations, if you will. And and I wouldn't necessarily go back to the time to before smartphones uh, just because I could talk to the guy in the elevator instead of surf on my phone. It's it's true. But I mean, like it, the, the fact though remains is that what we consider we, we need these days uh, is like, it's, it's again. I think it's a, it's a creation, and and I'm not. I'm certainly not immune to this. Like I, I have, I have a smartphone. I like it. I feel like I couldn't really live without it at this point. And but I feel like that's kind of bullshit, um, you know. But yet that that is what it is. I'm like, why do I want this thing? I look at it all day. I check things on it. I I'm we like, need to be like do we I need, need we need to be entertained to some extent. Uh, okay, well, in our in our life, we need to be entertained. Otherwise, like it, it could be anything as as much as a fruitful conversation with someone, right. or it could be watching well, a movie or whatever. But if we were never entertained in our life, yeah. it, we would be boring well, and, depre well, well, I, and you know, depressed. I, I would choose to use the word fulfilled, and it's possible that entertainment can provide fulfillment, and that's one component. But I think if you can find fulfillment other ways, that you might not want to. Like I don't consume that much entertainment. I like entertainment and I consume some of it, but I don't consume much and I'm fulfilled and other things provide me with a great deal of fulfillment in my life. And that's fine. Like, I mean, but I think that's ultimately, uh, what, what, what you mean. And, and you can, and maybe you get fulfillment through consumerism. And, and again, it comes back to like, what's wrong with that? And, and my answer would be that it like, it destroys the world. Like, it, it, I think ultimately all this stuff is just like this, it's this machine that just, it's like all it's, it's it's super extractive. Like when you hear about even something like we're talking about smartphones, like the amount of energy that goes into making one, the type of uh, the type of materials you need, like horrible mining. If you look into the kind of like if you ever do research on a smartphone and what goes into it, and there's like yeah, yeah. horrible mines in Africa. Like you can't buy a, a smartphone that's not horrible, um, right? Because of just what goes into it, uh, environmentally, socially, uh, exploitatively, uh, that's not a word, but exploitatively, exploitatively, yeah. uh, all these things. And yet we like we, we still we still want them. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought I, I, well, a little bit. There. But, you, but, that, but, that's, up, but that's my ultimate point is it and then and then it's broken in a year and you throw or, or two and then you need a new one. And it and it's just, and it never ends. And we live in a closed system where there are where resources are not uh, infinite. They just aren't. And we're at an ever increasing pace, saying we want more, we want more, we want better, we want faster. And it's like every year there's a new generation of iPhone, like every single year. And it's like why don't they make a new one every five years? Well, that's, it's like because because consumerism. Like and, that's why. And and just to add on to your point, because you're talking about the phones, which Look, there, I think there is a need for consumer goods. Like specifically on the i conversation, there was an ad for like iPad. I wanted it. I literally got so psychologically frustrated when the iPad two came out. My reason for buying it was I just had to buy it to move on with my life. It's the most flustered I've ever felt by marketing, mind you. The iPad is a pretty cool new device. Fast forward, I don't know. Would I buy it? Five years ago, seven years ago, it's my it's been my alarm clock for the past three or four years. Like it's an eight hundred dollar. I use it for nothing. I'm not even so disinterested in it. Um, like I got my even my phone. I you know used to play lots of games on it. Once the novelty wore off, like I'm just like I don't really use this that much. And so, but I still that's sort that of, opportunity. Thing I still I sort of get still sort of get excited when there's a, there's a new iPad right now. The iPad Pro sounds super sweet. I want it, but I'm like. But I've learned my lesson from the alarm clock thing, and I'm like, it's not really valuable for me to get that. And I think you guys are both saying the same thing, which is just that there is, 
I think there is a need for consumer goods, you know, that there will be trade for entertainment, enjoyment, services of that kind, prostitution. Um, but it's a callback to a prostitution episode a long time ago. You should check out my opinions on it. But that would be a form of perhaps consumerism were it legal. Um, or exploitation. Depends uh, on your view. Sure. But again, this is like we're talking in hard definitions where I feel like you're both in agreement because Crofton's saying we need to continue with the consumer's goods. Mike, you're saying that there's an irresponsibility to encouraging it. And I would point you to exhibit a, not the phone, but, and you'll like this because we're going to segue into video games, Crofton, the goddamn freemium games on the phone that provide zero value that arguably are exercises in exploitative behavioral science that get you to buy magic gems so you can open some new gate and get some new farm animals. And, oh, you could wait 12 days to get your next farm animal or spend two bucks to get the farm animal now. And you're getting that hit. Like, it's crack cocaine of consumerism. And I think there's a line it's where... True. There's a line where... And Apple may be cross. Like, all these smartphone companies are like, yeah, you need a new phone. We could build it to last 10 years, but, uh, well, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll amp up. You'll pay, and we want to do this. I just so, want to jump yeah. in quickly because Bo's mischaracterized my opinion by saying that I'm pro-consumerism no, somehow. No, sorry, not pro-consumerism, uh, but that we have a need but, for entertainment. I, that that well, we can't I, live in I, a world devoid I, yeah, of consumer products. Because um, I think I was thinking about it in terms of definition. What Mike is talking, Mike is talking about often. In what I realize it, where it gets tricky with a topic like this is uh, he's talking often, not all the time, but often about excessive consumerism, right? And 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 there, where's where's the line? But but consumerism, like we we have been consuming things for as long as man has. Existed existed to one extent or another we've now reached a point of borderline ridiculousness um uh but like it has been incremental in in how we got there right uh and like mad men shows like the 60s in 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 the advertising world then and how now we look at where we're at now but if you go back further and further and further we've always been consuming it's just now we're at a crate at a crazy point and so i guess like it becomes tough for me to to divorce those two things in my head like excessive consumerism with consumerism because one i i really think you can't even get away from like you're always going to be consumed as humans we're always going to be consuming well i think it's for i think it's i shouldn't say easy to tease them apart but i mean like when i think when you hear consumerism it's like consuming for consuming's sake right versus consuming for a reason which is not the sake of consuming so like like whatever that may be like putting clothes on my so my back so i'm not you know that's not like no one would accuse someone who's unclosed of buying clothes to clothe themselves They'd be like you consumers bastard they'd be like yeah you need some clothes everyone needs clothes you know and i would even go so far as to say like we live in a modern society like i'm sitting here right now on a at this point dated computer but i still look at it it's this fancy computer to me uh, it works fine. Like, it, do I need this thing? It, whatever. It, you, you sort of do to be engaged in the culture as it is. Uh, but if if I was practicing what I would consider consumerism, um, I would have ditched this computer many years ago to get a far superior one. And I think things like also planned obsolescence, uh, when your software just stops working or whatever on these tech gadgets, it's just like it's like the culture is almost like it's it's. It's being created to make it so that you feel like you can't keep up. Uh, so you got to get the new thing. You know, a lot there's a lot of stuff like that. But I think is, it, when you're consuming for its own sake, like you're saying, like I want to buy a new computer, and you might be like, "Well, is your computer broken? Uh, do you need it? Like, I need a new one?" And you'd be like, "No, I want a new one." Uh, and that's the only reason. I'd be like, "That's consumerism," and uh, that, that's sort of my view. Or like. Or like, I, I want a new pair of pants. It's like, how many pairs of pants do you have? I have 10 pairs. Do they all have holes in them? No. And it's like, meh, you're just engaging in consumerism. It's just like, if you need it for some reason, even if it's a reason like, I want to be entertained, uh, and you have some means of doing that already, which which in theory should be fulfilling, uh, but you still want the new thing, I think that's consumerism. And I think a lot of people engage in it pretty routinely, and I think without thinking about it too, because it's just our culture is sort of, woven itself into consuming like all the time there's something new and i mean 
so if I need a new computer, let's say let's say I, my computer takes five minutes to boot up and it's really slow every time I do everything. It's really slow and I've 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 like tried to speed it up and I've done everything. But every day I'm losing a significant amount of my time. I have a computer, but I'm losing a significant amount of my time every day to waiting for it. And then I buy I buy a new computer and it speeds things up. Or in the case of pants, like I have, you know, ten nine pairs of pants, but but like it's winter and while my pants are sufficient, these are wool pants, so they're going to be warmer or whatever uh, on days that it's you know really cold or whatever. Like I feel like the lines of consumerism get pretty. Okay, well, here's here's you a, get hand me downs. Remember hand me downs? Yeah, that you used to be a thing. You could ask your well, family if they have spare pair of pants for your winter before you go oh, and buy them. There's, well, there's a there's a prime example. I was going to use a different example, but there's a prime one: having a baby. So I have a baby, and you can consume the shit out of having a baby. Like you can <laughs> you can buy so much shit for your baby. They're delicious. It's true. It's not even funny. Uh, and but so I have a kid. He's uh, what is he? Nineteen months now, and I have. I don't think I've ever bought a piece of clothing for him, ever. And that's insane to me. But at the same time, it's like because there are garbage bags of hand-me-down clothes, okay. garbage bags. People will be like, here, you want a garbage bag of clothes? I'm like, sure. I don't care what they are. He's a baby. He doesn't care either. But I also know a lot of people who are parents and what they love to do is go shopping for a new outfit for their kid. Makes them feel good. And in my view, that's consumerism because your baby doesn't care. If it's warm, it's happy. Man. You're doing it to consume. I'm- You're not doing it for the need. Uh, and just one more time. You're doing it for I'm Photoshop glad. shoots, though. Yeah, well, again, that's consumerism. That's frivolous nonsense. I'm, and the thing is... Well, to have these photos, these memories for yeah, generations you, to I come, count, is that... I would counter that because if you've had the garbage bag full of clothes, which I have, you will find tons of really cute, awesome baby clothes in it because someone else bought them. And, and it's not like everyone who hands down a baby clothes is like, I'm going to buy the ugliest piece of baby clothing I can find to hand it down to someone. They're going to go and buy something cute and then it's going to be barely worn and then you get it. You're like, wow, this is really cute. My kid looks super cute in it. And it costs you nothing because you don't – the act- Yeah, but you are you have a fortunate situation where you've been given all those clothes. Okay. Not everybody is like that. I well, will tell you I know a lot of people who are not. Okay. A lot of people who are not but a lot of people who don't shop at say secondhand baby stores which are no, – old- No, they do shop at secondhand well, baby stores. Okay, so they go on Facebook groups looking for free clothes. Look- like, I mean, it's not you. If you put it out there a bit, you'll be surprised how, I mean, some people might be in, you know, unfortunately isolated positions. They don't know other people that have babies, but we've done a little bit of reaching out and it's, a, and it, we're in like a chain of like, we have now garbage bags of clothes waiting to give to someone who has a baby and I'm going to be happy to give them. And it's like, and I know it's coming because I know a few people that are- I think you're extrapolating your fortunate yeah. situation yes. on everybody. Now, and I know that'll rub some listeners the wrong way. Even if they now, do engage the- in that, people minimize their bad habits. Like you're alone with your own truth at the end of the day. So Yeah, I mean, I, and I think if a lot of people were honest with themselves, it's because they like to go to the baby store and buy a nice thing for their kid. And again, back to my dad's point, is there anything wrong with that? And I'd be like, yeah, it destroys the world, but whatever. Uh, Here's uh, my other example I was going to use. Here's my other example I was going to use. The library. Now, I'm someone who likes books, and I would often go to chapters, and I'd look around, and there'd be graphic novels, and I I really like graphic novels. I used to buy some, felt good to buy them, or some book about something I wanted to learn about, I'd buy the book, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a good investment. You know, I'd read the book, and then it'd sit on the shelf, and I'd never read it again or whatever. And then fairly, like, fairly recently in my life, in like five years or something, I started going to the library where there's all these books for free. I get to read them. I I get to perform the act the book. I can get the knowledge that the book has, for free, and yet for quite a long time, it was sort of unsatisfying. I get these books, I'd read it, and be like, "Yeah, I still kind of want to go to chapters." I'm like, what the hell is the difference? And the difference is consuming, because going to the library and doing the act is free, and I give it back, and someone else gets to use it, and I don't have to cut down a new tree to make a new book, whatever. But yet, I still wanted to go to chapters, and it's and I still sort of do, <laughs> and I still do on occasion because I kind of want to just sometimes I want my own book, and that's just consumerism, and I know it. Um, but like th- that's a prime example. Like you go to the library, there's like a thousand books, and even if you want a new one, you can just go ask them. Like, hey, will you guys buy this book? They'll be like, sure, and then you bring it back when someone else will read it. 
and, and again, but people don't use. I mean, lots of people use the library to create resource. I think we talked about it on this show also. Yeah, you said it was good, but but it is interesting what you're saying about the private, the idea of private ownership because I I know exactly what you mean. And uh, going back to the video game things, there's been a lot of talk about uh, about this where um, when MMOs first came out, games where you'd pay a monthly subscription fee because people were like, well, I want to own it. Like I'm used to owning it. I'm used to having a copy of it. I don't want to pay a fee and then and like because you'd buy it for sixty dollars, then you'd install it, and then you'd you'd pay fifteen bucks a month, and and then when you stop paying, oh, you don't get access to it. But I've already put all this money into it or whatever, or and and now like down. it's funny looking back at that time period because it seems so ridiculous. But it, it it it's based on people's desire for private property and private ownership. Consumerism is directly linked to that. I feel this is a loaded topic. We could probably go I, on we've forever. We've got to bring in the farm animals now. We're, we're running pretty long. Any All right. closing remarks before we do this? I'll save them for verdict. Yeah, go. All right. Here they come. Order, I say. Like to note that the farm animals in this sound we're bought at auction where I received heavy dopamine rushes for every purchase. And you will again when you butcher them and eat their sweet, sweet <laughs> flesh. You know what? I bought a steak the other day and uh you know, I haven't been eating so good the past couple of weeks, man. Uh, I felt so good buying it. It's funny because steak, some people would argue, like, a lot of people would argue eating meat is consumerism as yeah. well. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. especially meat every day. I got the good stuff. I got the Angus beef, like the big, thick thing that you keep rare. <laughs> I was a man that day. <laughs> That's marketing speak right there. Okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go first on this one. Um, I, I found it uh, I found it a little bit tricky for reasons I mentioned. Just drawing the line, I didn't find it as easy as Mike to do that. Uh, I agreed with almost everything that he said, and I also agreed with almost everything Bo said, which is which is odd. Not Bo in particular, but both. The fact that I agree with both of them, normally I'm, I'm siding one way mm-hmm. or, or another. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like uh, I, I quite enjoy drinking the Pepsi, the soft drink, if you will. Oh, the Pepsi. But, if so, but if somebody came up to me and said, Grofton, I am thinking about picking up a Pepsi. I'm, I'm thinking about getting into it. I would, you know, I, I'd like to be able to sort of self-reflect and be like, you know, I enjoy this Pepsi very much. But – you shouldn't drink it because it's bad for you. Just like if I smoked, I would imagine, and somebody came up to me and it's like, should I start smoking? I feel like I'd be like, hell no, you know, don't don't smoke. Uh, and so with consumerism, I think that's what I'm going to have to do because um, there's so, there, I, as Mike mentioned when he was using his library chapters analogy, he self-identified as being like, you know what, I'm impacted by this desire to consume, and I totally am too. And I see merits. I see. I see some merits from it. I see like technology jumping forward as as we try to find ways uh, to to get people to buy the same thing over and over. They've got to add new things. They've got to create new markets. They've got to innovate. I get that. And I also get the damage to the planet that Mike talked about as well. But I just think that there's more, even though I'm a, I'm a total consumer, uh, I think there's more negative associated to consumerism than there is positive to the extent that I don't even feel like I can say that it's bullshit. I think I'm going to have to say that consumerism is bad. All right, I'm going to go next because I want to give Mike a chance to uh, fire shots back at me. Not that I'm taking shots at you, but you might have something to say about what I have to say. I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm a nice guy. Um, Challenge accepted. (laughs) All right, so let me start this off by saying I really want to give this a good verdict. And I'm trying to find a reason why I would give this a good verdict. And let me explain why that is. I think that... I enjoy the fact that there are lots of sweet consumer products that are out there to buy. I can't afford a lot of them. I don't, you know, I've never owned a car. I don't own a house. I don't do the interior decorating thing. I like my sweet computers. I like my boutique coffee and, you know, getting a sweet piece of clothing every now and then is fun. Like I have, I have my joys when it comes to buying consumer goods and things that I don't necessarily need. Um, And so I feel like 
this is this is a positive thing. This is a positive force being able to go out and get sweet products that I can use to have fun and enjoy my time. A lot of what Crofton was saying was really resonating with me uh, on, on this issue. And a lot of what we commiserate with our colleagues about is with our purchases. And the one sticking point to all of this, which is, you know, Mike is more the champion of, is the fact that this has to do with trade. It has to do with money, and we've done episodes on banking. We've done episodes on like the world and the way that we treat one another financially. And there are clear cases of exploitation. There are clear cases where people are trying to win a different game than the consumers buying it, essentially victimizing people for the most part. And I have real trouble with that. I want to give it good... But I don't like this part of buying consumer products where the iPhones were the best example, but there were plenty of great examples given of situations where we might think, well, we're consumers. If a company is exploiting us too much, we'll recognize it and we'll stop giving them our money and the companies who are smart with this kind of thing will win. The opposite is turning out to be true. There are very smart people working in boardrooms right now figuring out how to make you feel like the money you're earning is valuable and that you'll gladly spend it when you really shouldn't be spending it and keep you in that hamster wheel that's rolling. Which is what I really feel like Mike is driving at here is that get off the wheel. Spend some time with your family. You don't need the wheel to have fun. So for that reason, I think at the end of all this monologuing that I'm doing, I still can't give it good, even though I think it's pretty sweet to buy a sweet new thing. So I'm going to have to go with bullshit. (laughs) Verdict given. A compromise verdict. Yes, I'm of two minds. Your heart. Um, we talked about capitalism on this show not that long ago, no? and I would say I think that consumerism is the fruit of capitalism. It's like if you're a capitalist, if you're someone with a bunch of money, your aim is to take that money, put it into some kind of product, and then sell it for more money, and and that's just and that's ultimately what consumerism is it's like it's the thing that 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 you go out and buy so that someone turns their money into more money that's what it's all about it's what it's always been about uh and and i think ultimately and and bo's points about which reflect my dad's view going back to the center of this of like i like it it makes me happy what's the problem and my answer again is it destroys the world like isn't that a good (laughs) reason not to do it and beyond that i'd be like it's also inherently uh selfish selfishly driven right like it's just like i want this. it makes me feel good what, what does it do for your community consuming what does it do for the world what does it do for us as a species what does it do for your children and i mean some people might have answers for this oh consumer products do this or do that and there might be some one-off answers but i think generally not much like i think that if we devoted more uh, more of our, more of our time to our relationships with people uh, and growing ourselves as individuals, learning things, we'd all be more fulfilled than we would by buying new shit that we don't ultimately need. We all need some stuff. We live in a world. We live in a consumeristic world, and you can't just get away from it. I'm influenced by it the same as everyone else. I, I'm I'm a consumer like all the rest of us, but ultimately. I really do think that consumerism is bad. It drives Shame. us to bad. Nope, oh, sorry. Super hot nope. gas. Oops. For just five ninety nine, Mike, you can buy a one hundred percent guaranteed topic uh, verdict deliverer machine that'll replace Bo as the button. It would be a good. It would be a good investment. But um, yeah, just just to to close out, like in some ways, I just really think it's it's sad. And and having dabbled in minimalism and and failing, let me be clear, I have not become a successful minimalist, (laughs) but I'm sort of trying. The more stuff I get rid of. Uh, I find the happier I tend to be, and, and, I, and I'm still trying to continue towards that. But it's honestly, it's been true. And I started out with someone who had a lot of random crap because my parents had crap, and I'd take it with me and move it around places. And the more I've gotten rid of stuff, I've not missed it, and had more time for relationships and and learning and that sort of thing. And I've been more fulfilled. And I plan to continue on this journey, and I hope it's a good one. You know what a big load off my back was was getting rid of all the magic cards I had. Magic yeah, Gathering. there's a I there's a, a consumer based product. <laughs> it's a consumer based game, absolutely. Keep buying cards; it never ends. I got rid of them I, finally, and I felt better. 
I would just say, Mike, just and I know verdicts are done and blah, blah, blah. But I had said in my verdict, I gave a sort of pretty good reason of why consumerism is somewhat beneficial, which is that it drives uh, innovation forward. Right. Well, I think that's largely bullshit because I I don't see how it can be bullshit. Like, well, if you want to think about innovation, look, look at the year 1910 to, say, 1970 and look what changed. Look what changed in that time. People went from largely agrarian to men, people walking on the moon. Uh, that's a massive change. Look at 1970 to now. What I'd has say changed? That, I, I would say massive change. No, I think you're internet, internet, dude. It's, it's, just, it's just the internet. But here's the thing. The internet. It's is just the internet. Yeah, well, the let, internet let me, is like a world wonder. You, know, you, brought, you brought this up. But this is actually a thing. And if you look it up, you'll find tons of articles about people who say we have stalled on innovation for the last – for decades because – we, that if if you would talk to someone in the '60s, they all thought we'd be in flying cars now. Who was a child, and, and it, it hasn't happened. What we have is is the internet, which, by the way, existed in the '60s. It's just been tweaked, and I think we live in a world of tweaks. And all these innovations you're talking about, and I think you're well aware of it, are slight tweaks. Like I mean, you know, talking about gaming and entertainment, it's it's just been tweak after tweak after tweak. It's never been earth-shattering, groundbreaking. It's been this slow progression of tweaking something to make it slightly better than the previous version, buy a new one. We're devoid of real innovation, and I no. mean real innovation. I, I don't know. I would I would dis- it's a different conversation, but I would I definitely would disagree. Like I mean, just looking at the in the video game space, like the fact that virtual reality is coming out next next month and it and, and it and we were in the 70s playing with like little bit Bits and bites and stuff like that. It's just been a slow step. No, it's growth. That's what that's what everything is. All technology is that there are inventions every once in a while, like tablets were an invention or smartphones and that sort of thing. Uh, But yeah, I I think like I think that it is being a continuous you know series of growth driven by driven by people consuming and wanting new shit like i i would just inherent i would inherently disagree with that i think that i think that what consumerism does is drive consumerism i don't think it drives innovation because i think it's easier to market something than it is to make something truly innovative it's easier to take something repackage it and tweak it slightly look at the east mentioned we talked about the iphone the initial iphone sure great it's like a merging of computers and phones that's i'll give that some credit it's a huge since then though. it's been this little slight stepped intervals of like apps. Of course, stuff. but everything's like that. Cars have, are like that. Uh, a lot of a lot of things are like that. Uh, but it, inventions have happened between the 1970 now yes, to the, the point they, that big changes happen, being driven by the best thing you can do is create a new market as a comp as a. As a company trying to consume, is like if you can innovate and develop a new product that people want, that's where you hit the gold mine, right? And so that's anyway. We won't we'll yeah. sidetrack further, but uh, I disagree on 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 that point. Um, so yes, if you agree or disagree with any of the three of us. Uh, have so, your own sort of feedback on what makes the human being a consumer consumerist being. Uh, feel free to email us at goodbadbull at gmail dot com. Um, you can also visit goodbadbull dot com. We have all our episodes there, uh, as well as uh, links to video streams. We put these up on 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 YouTube. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at GoodBadBull. We'll let you know when we go uh, live because sometimes we do some great live episodes. If you go on Facebook, GoodBadBull, it's always GoodBadBull. The links are on GoodBadBull.com. You can like us. Then whenever we have a new episode, it will be uh, it will be shared with you on your news feed. And Bo always picks a very uh, – very insightful photo to go with it. I'm quite curious on what he's going to pick for this episode. Pressure's on. Uh, and Black Friday, course, Black Friday image. Of course, we are all uh, individuals <laughs> of an individual nature, and you can follow us all online in some way, shape, or form. Uh, let's start with Bo. Where can people follow you? Yeah. Before I share that, how did we get through this whole episode with not talking about Black Friday? What the hell is wrong with us? You can find me at Bo Schwartz. And Michael, where can they find you? <laughs> they can look, but they won't find me on Twitter 
at ML Hodgins. And I would also encourage all our listeners to troll Crofton's Facebook page and just you know, see <laughs> what you can dig up over there. They can't follow me on Facebook because I'm going to boost my privacy settings, but they will be able to find me on Twitter, then become my friends, and then I will invite them to be friends on Facebook. The truest, so follow- the truest friends. The truest Facebook. friends. The Croftaholics. They have a so name. All my Croftaholics can reach me at Crofton Steers on Twitter. Uh, so that that's, that wraps it up, folks. Uh, I'm going to now plan out my evening in terms of what I'm going to consume as soon as this show is over because pretty much, you know, I'm a consuming being. Maybe I will consume some M&Ms. Maybe I will consume a sweet movie on Netflix. I don't know. Could be anything. I want to make a joke, but, you know... I want to keep it professional on the show, but what you going to be consuming? <laughs> well, I broke both. And if you, uh, and if you can see we, Mike's face, Mike knows what it is, but he's not saying anything. It's <laughs> more a look of slight disdain of like, I'm like, oh, toilet humor. I feel sometimes like I'm the adult on this show. Yeah, I feel more like the Hillary like, Clinton of the show. It's sort of like generations. It's like a generational show. Bo is the child. I am the adults, and you are the grandfather. Oh, man, it's true. Yeah, it's <laughs> sort of like, uh, you know, it's it, it's a good balance. So you're, you're this, a, before you get all high on being the adult, you're I'm like, not high on being the. I adult. just think you're like the you know you're like the boring adult that a kid's like boring dad. Thank I'm you for that insult. What? <laughs> Thank you for that insult. <laughs> Completely unnecessary, but appreciated. Hey, well, look, I'm the old man. What is anyone? Yeah, like, and you insulted Leave It to Beaver earlier. That's his like favorite show. He's yeah, he's like, well, why were you shitting on my favorite show? Yeah, that, well, <laughs> it's the second favorite show. First one being Matlock, of course. Leave- and then the Brady Bunch. Actually, yeah. Leave It to Beaver is one of those shows that I have never seen an episode of ever, and I only know its ex- of its existence through pop culture references, where people are like, oh, it's like Leave It to Beaver. I was thinking about that when you said it, to be like, I have no clue what that yeah. show is. I've never seen an episode, but people always talk about it as this like mythological uh, 1950s America, and I'm like, astute, that's... Yeah. Stupid point, Mike. I'll give it to you there. Yeah. I feel I the exact same it. way. He's the beave. Have you seen a sh- an episode, Crop? Yes, I've seen it. Really? When? Yeah. When did you see this? <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> a kid? It's Good. June Cleaver, the Beeve. No? Uh, no. No. I didn't oh, see the Andy sorry. Griffith show because it played on one of the three. I've never seen. I've never seen the Andy Griffith show. Oh man. No, I. I guess oh, we didn't yeah, have no, cable, so that's all we got. I got Leave It to Beaver. It was funny because I. I would watch happy days and leave it to beaver and i got them almost mixed up at one point like in terms of which which one how do you get the phones mixed up no i in terms of (laughs) anyway i was a dumb kid i guess in terms of which came first i guess you know like i was like (laughs) (laughs) both mike and i nodded at the same time as you said i was a dumb kid we need a new Bobot. This one's broken. I need to consume a new Bobot. Don't worry, yo, 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 God, don't be tripping, man. Word is born, son. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Raptors. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.